Welcome to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo, your podcast for all things holistic health and wellness from a Christian worldview. Merry Christmas and to all a good night. I can't believe it's already December as we're recording this. It's, it is crazy. The Christmas season is upon us and you know what that means. It means lots of really fun parties to go to. Lots of travel, lots of, lots travel, of dessert. Lots of stress and, and family dynamics and ugly Christmas sweaters and cookies and eggnog and all the things that go along with it. <laughs> the stress of shopping and buying gifts and all these things. How do we do it, Kate, every year? Why do we, why do we put ourselves through that? Because we love family and we love Jesus. That's and right. we want to honor his birth. But there are so many great ways to be able to navigate the holiday season in a healthful manner. And I just want to come across right now and say that being healthy in the holidays is not deprivation. It is not not eating things that you really enjoy or trying to skip out on parties because you're worried about the food that's going to be served or trying to overexercise to compensate. Like, we're not going to talk about any of that. Our goal is always just to enter the new year feeling as good as we do going into December. Wow, that's good. Don't just wait till the new year to start, but just start before. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Today's a great day to start making healthy decisions. It sure is. It is. So we have our top 10 tips that we use to stay healthy during the holidays. Say that three times fast. Top 10 tips to stay healthy during the holidays. (laughs) Top 10 tips. Top 10 tips. Yeah, I can't do it. Anyways, yes. Tip number one is intermittent fasting. Now, this is a topic that we could probably talk even way in, way more in depth on. Intermittent fasting is this idea that you give your body a break on a regular basis. So typically you'll find people that won't eat after dinner and they'll stop eat, they'll eat dinner around six and they won't eat again until lunch the next day, which is roughly, you know, noon. So typically you would eat between the hours of noon and six, six hours, and then the other hours, 18 hours of the day, um, you would fast. And so um, this is something that I do on a regular basis. I actually really enjoy it. Typically, research shows that it works really well for guys. Women, there's some debate on that. I'm actually reading a book right now called Fasting Like a Girl, and it's incredibly dense in terms of the amount of hormones and how you should honor those in different seasons. And yes, as a woman that has a cycle, like you are better able to fast during a time of the month where your hormones more mirror a male's where your estrogen and testosterone are a little bit lower but I mean, testosterone's up. Oh, yes. Testosterone is up and estrogen's lower. But that being said, there's some really incredible anecdotal research in terms of clinical experience. Not a lot of actual gold standard studies have ever been done on females for almost anything in general. Like most studies have been done on 150 pound males and applied to women. And so I think this is just, that's a great topic for another day too. Yeah. The the basic premise is- Fasting can be good for women too. Yeah, it can be. And and for this idea, the the idea is that it gives you an opportunity to let your gut rest. And, And we know, especially when you're eating, maybe during the cold months, you're eating some heartier, heavier meals- that has to be processed by your body. And so typically if you eat heavier meals with lots of, you know, steak or chicken, any type of meat, that takes that takes more time to process and to mm-hmm. break down than say, you know, some vegetables that have lots of phytonutrients and fiber in them. So it just the more you're eating uh, heartier, the more your body needs a break. And so giving yourself more than, what was it? More than, more than uh, six to 10 hours of a break. A lot of people will eat 
dinner at six, then they snack maybe before bed around like eight or nine. Maybe you're even later than that. You're in college and you're snacking until like one or two in the morning, and you get up and you grab you know a bagel or something like that at like seven. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not you're not getting your body any time at all of a break between your last. I mean, breakfast literally says break fast. That mm-hmm. that 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 meal was designed to break your fast of the night. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's an easy way to say, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, only eat, you know, between these hours and it gives you a time maybe to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a heavier meal because I'm going out tonight with some friends or I'm going to a Christmas party and eat a little lighter or not at all that morning. I'm going to throw in just a couple of extra points. Cause I'm reading about this in my book right now. And it takes about eight hours to fully digest the last thing that you ate. So if you're never letting your body go at least eight hours, you are never allowing your body the cellular regeneration process that happens when it's not devoting the vast majority of its resources to digesting your last meal. And specifically, if you can go 17 hours every once in a while, this is not something you do regularly, but maybe once a week you go 17 hours, you can activate what's called autophagy. And that is a cellular cleansing process. And it's really good to help prevent a lot of things like cancer or metabolic diseases down the road. But in general, if you're at least giving your gut that eight hours, you're going to be in a much better position going to your holiday parties. And feasting and famine is a really biblical concept, right? To deprive yourself for a season and then feast well. You want your body to be able to switch in and out of its ability to digest food and then also not take in food well. And what that's going to help you do is just be able to burn fat better, utilize the food that you are eating better. So this, we're spending way too much time on this first point, but if there's anything you're going to do during the holiday season, I really strongly feel that intermittent fasting is one of the healthiest steps you can take without even changing what you're eating. Yes, yeah, so this is the cheapest thing you can do because it actually requires that you buy less. And the hope isn't just to say, oh, I'm going to cut calories. It's you can consume the same amount of calories, just consume mm-hmm. it in a smaller or a shorter portion of time so that way you have time to give your body a break. Yes, we're big fans. I'm very lightly doing this. I am pregnant. I am 30 or 31 weeks at this point. So I can't do a really strong intermittent fast, but I am trying to give myself time to allow my, you know, the detox process to happen as it needs to. A really easy way to do this is just don't eat after dinner. It's so true. It's just like say eat at six six thirty, and then you don't eat again until night till tomorrow morning. That's yep, really that's easy, awesome. It's a really easy way to start doing that. Okay, our second tip, and one that I have done as long as I can remember, is whatever dish I've signed up to bring, I make sure it's a healthy one. <laughs> I make sure it's something that I want to eat along with the protein that's going to be served. You kind of guarantee that turkey or ham or chicken is going to be on the table. So a roast beast if or a roast beast. If you live in Whoville, <laughs> yes. But usually I'll either bring a salad, some roasted veggies, or kind of like a crudité appetizer. Or like some sweet potatoes or uh, even, even, for, even for, for for Thanksgiving, this, this, this is all great for that too as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Number three, highlight protein and veggies at each meal. This is really simple. Again, making sure that you're getting the the a, a complete meal that's all you want to do don't yes. don't have it be too too starch heavy too carb heavy you want that balance you want to make sure that you're having good fats good protein and lots of veggies because you can't really overdo protein and veggies that's really good you've been making a real conscious effort to swap any lunch that you're eating out with salad and protein yes and this, again i'm in a stage right now where i found 
you know, we're, we're 30 weeks, 31 weeks pregnant, and the first try of this pregnancy, I let my healthy habits kind of slide quite a bit. And so the last two months, I've really been, really month and a half, two months, six to seven weeks, I've really been intentional about trying to intermittent fast and be really intentional about if I'm going to go out to eat, making sure I'm getting healthy meals out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really important. Protein and veggies, you can't have enough of those. Absolutely. So our fourth tip is if you know that you're going to an event that day where you're planning on consuming a lot of heavier foods, make one of your earlier meals a smoothie. Because smoothies are blended up. They're easier to digest. They're not going to be real taxing on your gut. They're usually very full of fruits and vegetables, as long as you make a really healthy one and you don't just go to like a random fast food store to get one. But make a really healthy smoothie. You'll get great nutrition and you'll set yourself up to be able to digest your meal well later. Number five, walk or workout. And this is something that we've talked about. And I think almost every single one of these podcasts, every one of our podcasts in health and wellness is going to start. It's going to include something about Jesus, something about the the functional fuel that you're putting into your body, mm-hmm. and then how you move your body. Those three things are so essential for any any healthy body, a healthy mind, a healthy spirit. So, um, for us, our goal is to get between you know seven or eight to ten thousand steps a day. It's actually not that difficult if you're just up and active. That, that might include maybe maybe one you know twenty to thirty minute walk around. And just staying active on your on your feet mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the day. It's really easy to get that steps if you're just conscientious about it. And then we're setting you know three or four days aside to do an extra resistance or strength training or workout session. That's um, really easy and it helps make the holidays healthier. And again, maybe gives you a, maybe not that it's all about this, but helps you burn off a few extra calories. I was just about to say it's not about burning calories. <laughs> It's not about But it's calories. a keystone habit. Yes. It's one of those things that once you've worked out, you feel good, you have that dopamine rush, and it encourages you to continue living a healthier lifestyle for that day. Okay, the sixth tip is going to sound random, but it's if you can, prep your dish by hand. Because I was watching a video on the blue zones where people live to be 100 or over, and they talk about the Cent- em- centenarians. centenarians. Yeah. I wasn't confident in my pronunciation of that word. <laughs> so I'm glad you took it off. But one of the keystone habits that they have is that they do as much by hand and not giving it off to a machine or a process as much as possible. So for example, for Thanksgiving, we brought this big old Hubbard squash. I had never even heard of a Hubbard squash. They're delicious. They were really good. But man, we had four to cut and we were both kind of sweating by the end of the workout from getting it prepped, getting all the skin off. But if you can knead your dough by hand, if you can cut your vegetables by hand, it not only gives you an active part in the process, but there's such an importance, in my opinion, of being connected to your food, understanding where it came from, how it's prepared, and just adding that element of love into the preparation of it and not just buying a bag of frozen vegetables and throwing it in a pot, but being like an active part of selecting out the best produce that you can find and just hand preparing it and caring for it. Well, you take more more ownership of that too as well. Yes. And, and you know, all the ingredients are really clean yeah. and good for you. So that is a tip that I have been taking to heart more recently. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kay Seppo. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can reach out to the Daily Well Podcast on our website, myhopefm.net. Just click podcast. Number seven is to slay that hydration. Yes, hydration. Um, again, we've done podcasts on this already. We're big fans of um, of getting not just water, but making sure you get proper um, uh, 
nutrients and minerals in your in your diet as well. It's amazing how much hydration isn't actually liquid, which is kind of a cool mm-hmm. thing. Um, we have a we have a uh, a um, actually I have it right here in my water bottle. Uh, we have a little powder supplement that's called Element. It's a salt hydration packet. You just dump it in your in your in your water bottle, and it's got the perfect combination and balance of magnesium, potassium, and sodium. I believe and calcium. And calcium, yeah. And so again, those um, those chemicals, those hormones, they're they're essential for a lot of bodily processes that require anything moving across the cellular membrane. So. If you are in chemistry, high school, basic chemistry, right now you're looking at the sodium, potassium, ion. The osmosis. Uh, The osmosis, how you move things across a gradient. You need those things in your body. And so a lot of times people just grab a water bottle and that's it. It's how can you stay hydrated by eating those nutrients as well as drinking them. And and when you you Mm -hmm. are hydrated, you tend to consume less uh, food because – typically you feel more satiated. You know what's funny is I got out of drinking Element for a couple of months in pregnancy here and I just got back on and I really do notice a significant decrease in my hunger appetite as I'm drinking that throughout the day. It's interesting you mentioned that. Tip number eight is to eat your dessert closer to a healthy meal. And the reason that I say this is that if you compare a high amount of sugar in one product with a protein and fat dense meal, you are not going to trigger that insulin spike or that blood sugar crash, up and down crash, that you would if you kind of wait till your belly is empty and then you have it. And the second benefit is that you would be eating it at a time that you're already more satiated and more full and less likely to just overindulge on it because it's simply there. Number nine, don't skip out or skimp on your sleep. This is important. Your sleep is so essential to a lot of things. Again, we've already done a, a, a podcast on Sabbath and on the, the mental and spiritual components of rest. You should go back and listen to it. If you haven't, it's really good. Um, we have another one coming up actually soon on even biohacking rest and how do you how do you get power naps or even mm-hmm. coffee naps. Uh, if you've never heard of those, you should stay tuned for that. It's really exciting. But um, yeah, making sure your sleep is, is on point. You need between, I wouldn't say between, I'm going to say at least eight hours of sleep a night. The winter should be the easiest time for you to get sleep because it gets dark at like 5 5 p.m. So 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock rolls around. You've been already working with the dark outside. It should be easy to hit the hay. Make sure you're being mindful to stay off of. Actually, I read an, I read an article today, and it was the 10-3-2-1 principle. They said you shouldn't have caffeine 10 hours before you go to bed. Three hours before bed, you should stop eating. Two hours before bed, you should you shouldn't do any work. One hour before bed, you should stay off your t- any technology mm-hmm. and screens. So 10, 3, 2, 1. It's a really cool way to make sure you're prioritizing how do I not have coffee or uh, caffeinated drink too late in the day. Mm-hmm. Get, make sure I'm not eating a crazy amount before I go to bed because your body can't wind down if it's still digesting. Mm-hmm. But specific to this episode, it impairs your ability to process sugar or it makes you crave a lot more sugar, right? So if you're really tired and exhausted from all your holiday plans, you are actually more likely biologically geared towards choosing the unhealthier options because your brain is looking for that hit of glucose to fuel itself because it's not been properly rested. Yeah, I mean, the the rates of obesity and... And even like type two diabetes and and lack of sleep are it's, there's a crazy correlation there. Well, we just went to a conference and we heard that one of the most powerful correlations of women who get breast cancer is if there is significant light in the bedroom. The darker the room, meaning the better quality of sleep, 
the less likely the incidence of breast cancer. And that was one of the strongest correlative factors that any study has wow. identified. That's so, so crazy. If you need another reason to get sleep, get sleep. Or to have an eye mask or blackout curtains. Yes, there amen. I love my eye mask. <laughs> and finally, tip number 10 is we always do a run by of the table and identify what food is on there because we don't want to fill our plates with something that doesn't maybe satisfy us as much as something else. And so if I know that I show up and I know that I want dessert, I might make my dinner plate on the healthier, cleaner side so that I feel that I have the room and the capacity to enjoy my dessert at its fullest. However, as the older I've gotten, the less I've cared about dessert and I care more about bread and mashed potatoes now. Maybe that's just pregnancy. (laughs) Um, So for me now, I'm going to probably pass on the dessert, but fill up on maybe some of those carbs that I am going to find really satiating. And that's going to be different per person. But just know your options and know where you want to invest maybe some of your treats or your um, denser calories. Yeah. In the last several, you know, dinners or banquets I've been at, I've foregone a lot of like the uh, extra stuff. And have just really filled my plate up with like salad and veggies and then gotten a, you know, if they make like, you know, chicken piccata or something like that, I'll get a, a protein and I'll put that on my, I make, just make a nice big mm-hmm. like chicken salad. Like for me, I'll cut it up on my plate and people kind of think I'm weird because, you know, you go to this nice event and you got like 10 different things you can get, but I'm like, I'll just stick with salad and salad and chicken and, or, or some, some green beans or some roasted veggies on the side. Like, yeah, it's, it's. It's made a huge difference. I feel I feel so much better. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. And I don't know how pertinent this ties in with exactly what we're talking about. But I did just watch a quick video the other day about why restaurants serve bread for free. And it's because the spike of sugar actually it's similar to alcohol and that it inhibits your brain to make logical choices. And so you're more likely to end up ordering more food off the menu. So it's a profit to profit gain for them to serve you free bread oh man is it the same for like chips and salsa too probably oh, no. so that being said maybe just don't go for the bread first thing on your plate <laughs> don't inhibit your ability to make a excellent decision on what is best um mostly to satisfy you for the holidays well we hope these healthy tips for the holidays help you guys this season this christmas season we hope that you feel blessed again christmas is is not just a time to indulge in treats and exchange expensive gifts. It's a time to remember that Jesus came and his first coming. He mm-hmm. came in humility. He was born in a, in a in a manger, a feeding trough. He came wrapped in humanity as fully human but fully God. He lived a life that we couldn't live. He died a death that we deserved. And he wants to know us. And so we hope that you and your family have a very blessed Christmas season. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. We pray that you're able to take a piece of information back to use for your health journey. And if you'd you'd like to reach out to us, you can. At myhopefm.net, just click podcast.